A new international medical poetry competition has been launched at the University of Warwick. With a prize fund of £15,000, organisers Professor of Clinical Pharmacology Donald Singer and Associate Professor Michael Holtz from the Department of English and Comparative Literary Studies explain why this competition is so important. So first of all, Donald, could you tell me what is the prize? The Hippocrates Prize is a new international competition on the theme of poetry and medicine for poems written in English which had not previously been published, running in parallel with the competition for the NHS staff, students and patients with interest in this topic. And Michael, are you looking for a much wider audience of people to take part? Oh, absolutely. I think that this is very clearly a a competition for everybody, um, not just all around the world, but also for those who have experience of poetry and perhaps have written it before, but also for those who have none. And I can imagine that there might be someone in a hospital ward right now who's got time and is recuperating and is having a reflective pause enforced in their lives and they might be drawn to this as a way of exploring their experience it's just as easy to imagine that person becoming involved in this as it is to imagine the poet who has already entered half a dozen competitions this year and thinks oh I can write a quick poem about having the swine flu. I'll knock it off in ten minutes. Um, it's, I, I think this is a competition that, because it touches two fundamentals, um, health and, and poetry, uh, can, ex- can, can, can appeal to a huge number of people. Donald, if I could ask you, this is quite an unusual prize. Could you tell me where the idea has come from? Well, the immediate idea for this arose out of a local competition aimed at students and staff working in the local health economy and that that led from a starting point a discussion between clinicians and and academics in in the medical school and local hospital university hospital to interaction with with michael house an academic in the english department to to bring in expertise and how you would judge as a competition that led to a lot of interest with uh, many entries locally and arising from further discussions around that, we thought it would be interesting to develop this in, into a more wide-ranging competition open to a whole range of potential entrants. So has anything like this ever been done before? As far as we're aware, th- this type of competition where we make it accessible both to health service-related um, staff, students and patients, but also bringing in a dimension where professional poets from around the world are able to enter. We think this is unique. So, Michael, if I could now ask you, do you think poetry has a particular benefit for people? I think benefit is a very difficult word to bring together with poetry because it suggests that we could measure the usefulness, the impact, uh, etc., of, of poetry. And that puts the onus on the person who experiences beauty and pleasure somehow to demonstrate what has been experienced and to measure and quantify. And we all know from our experience that that can't be done. There, there is a, a wide problem there, which is to do with the utilitarian perception of the arts. What are the arts good for? In what sense is music good for us, uh, etc.? In the narrower context that we're talking about here, there are some answers to that. Um, it's increasingly being felt in the medical community that poetry does have a value, 
Um, I think that this understanding, Donald can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think it's it's accompanying the growth of awareness of the entire psychosomatic um, parameters of, of medical conditions, the involvement of the spirit of of the of the whole life of the of the patient in the disease, and not only the particular organ that is attacked and the physical condition. And in that sense, the qualities of of mental recuperation, of restfulness, of stimulus, and of benefit in the sense that something good, pleasure, is given to the patient. All of these qualities that poetry can bring with it um, are being perceived by the medical community as seriously beneficial. I would, of course, contend that poetry in, in the widest sense and in any circumstances is beneficial because I my understanding of life is that if it is led without pleasures and without the experience of beauty and uh, or, or, for that matter, the other experiences that may come with the reading of poetry, such as fury at moral abuses, if you're reading a satirical poem by Jonathan Swift, let us say. Um, all of these experiences, I believe, are beneficial because they enrich the household of the self. Um, but in the particular medical context, I think that there is a clear case to be made now that it is beneficial. And Donald, looking at the medical aspect, is there a history behind this? Well, it's very interesting. Speaking as a professor of therapeutics, I and mean, words are very important, but going back to ancient Greek, um, I'm a professor of pharmacology, and pharmacology comes from the Greek word pharmakon, which is about both medicines, but also poisons and magic charms. And looking at therapeutics, that in fact comes from a Greek word which concerns involvement in medicine of expressive arts, um, including dance, song, drama, and poetry. And going back again to the ancient Greeks, Apollo, a uh, Greek god, he was the god of the sun, but he's also god of medicine, father of Asclepius, uh, who, who was seen as, as a senior figure in medicine, but also himself seen as, as the god of, of, of poetry and, and music. So there's a long history of, of awareness there might be some connection between um, poetry and, and medicine. Going a little forward to... Um, post-imperial Roman times, the first, second century AD, there's a famous uh, traveling Greek uh, doctor called Serranus, who, who is reported as having prescribed going to the tragedy for manic people and going to the comedy for people who, who are depressed. There's been, even more recently, a move from mountain illness as, as the main focus of therapy to much more broadly how people as patients and their carers and families may, may gain more insight, may be better able to come to terms with what's going on through engaging in poetry as an active interest. Okay, now there's two categories being judged in the competition, Open and NHS. Michael, could you first tell me a little bit about what the judges are going to be looking for in the Open category? I think judges always hope to find rather than looking for, if I can put it that way. They're always pleasantly surprised by the wonderful poems that come their way and a good judge goes in without preconceptions. But that, that's part of the answer. Another part of the answer would be to point to the extraordinarily fine poems that have been written on medical experience in the widest sense. Um, and I'll just only mention a few examples in uh, living memory rather than going back to antiquity, although, of course, we can... We can go back to Lucretius writing on the nature of things in which he discusses the plague and other medical 
difficulties. It's part of his way of inquiring into the nature of the world. Um, but to speak only of modern instances, for example, cancer. An English poet who died just four years ago, Julia Darling, she died of cancer. She wrote a, an extremely fine set of poems in her final illness, um, which were published in a book called Falling Down in Public Places. A beautiful, very, very simple sonnet uh, titled Chemotherapy. This is an experience, unfortunately, that a lot of people will have. She had it. She wrote beautifully, clearly, succinctly, and without slop, without overindulgence, without sentimentality, without la moyance, but clearly with, with great pain, but also great stoicism and, in a sense, heroicism in that poem. Uh, and it quite rightly has a lot of admirers. Um, and similarly, the Australian poet Gwen Harwood, towards the end of her life, um, wrote a poem titled Bone Scan, which she was, she was a Christian, and she brings the experience of her bone fabric being revealed in the scan together with the biblical idea of being known by one's God. And she is, as it were, known at that moment, known in this case to her medical gods, the doctors. Um, but she makes of this experience a, an extraordinarily luminous spiritual moment in which she senses herself quite clearly being, as it were, exposed entirely to her God. Um, and you can see that the anticipation of death in a, uh, a terminal illness is, is turning her mind to spiritual things there. And other writers have written um, about cancer. I, I can mention, for example, Peter Redding's uh, book-length series of poems, C, just the capital letter C, the big C, which notoriously stands for cancer, but also is the Roman numeral 100. And he took this as an opportunity to write 100 poems, each of 100 words, uh, on the subject of cancer. And it's an extraordinary intellectual achievement. Um, in a different vein, writers have responded to AIDS, of course. And that's, um, it's a recent disease, but it's, um, it's been responded to in very similar ways to the response that other terminal diseases have attracted in, in, um, in, in poetry. Um, but it's also brought out wonderful poetry of compassion. I'm thinking particularly of a late book by, by the late Tom Gunn, uh, an English poet who lived most of his life in America, and while he was living in San Francisco, saw many of his friends in the gay community, as it happened, among the early victims of AIDS, and, and wrote a, a number of very affecting poems um, about his own response to this new plague, as, 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 as the word was often used at the time in the early years of, of AIDS. It was often used in analogy with plague. I'd just like to say as well that, of course, medical experience is a very broad thing, and it covers not only the experience of being ill and suffering, being a patient, and so on, but if I think, for example, of Philip Larkin's poem, Ambulances, that's a medical subject. That's something that we see on the streets every day in our lives. In a quite different vein, if I think of the Australian poet A.D. Hope, has a poem based on the early days of modern anatomy. 
when the Italians and later the Dutch, but the Italians in the first instance were making their breakthroughs in anatomical study. And he has a poem um, on an engraving by Caserius, which is about the engraving which, for the first time ever, depicts a child in the womb of a woman. And the poem is loaded with with wonderful research and information. He was a very erudite poet about the evolution of anatomy as a medical discipline. But it also brings that together with the age-old concern of where do we find the soul in this body? And the speculations that he concludes the poem with um, are speculations that take place at the frontier of medical science, at the point where it has located serious answers to medical questions, but still leaves a big question unanswered. So I think that the thing I would like to say here is that poets who have been lifelong practitioners, who have brought all of their developed skills to bear on the experience of medical issues in the widest of senses, have approached many different aspects of poetry. And this is, this is if you like, the expert getting to grips with the complex of poetry medical problems and issues, um, and it's a rather different thing from um, the man in the street or the woman in the street who's been diagnosed and finds himself in a ward rather dumbstruck, and, and the, the whole of life has changed. All the goalposts are in different places, and, and suddenly you, you have to handle something terrible. Um, and one of the things that I believe uh, happens to to people who come up against the thought of writing poetry when when they're ill, is, is that it's initially a very unfamiliar thing. Um, so there are two, I think, two... I'll, I'll hand over to Donald in a moment, but I think there are two very different kinds of poetry on medical subjects that we are looking for uh, when, and when the judges um, go to work. They will be looking for these. And, and one is the experience... Uh, as reflected by by those who've given their lives to poetry and have the toolkit to hand, and the other is the experience of those who, for whom poetry hasn't been in a daily part of life, um, but who are finding that yes, it can actually be important in that in a terrible experience. So, Donald, <coughs> if I could just ask you, <coughs> with the two categories, open and NHS, why have you made that distinction between having an open category? and a category for NHS? Well, as, as Michael has said, what we'd like to see uh, are two strands coming together concerning poetry and medicine. And uh, when we say medicine, we're talking about the range from health to very severe acute and, and severe disease. That would include the nature of the body and anatomy, history, evolution, current and future state of medical science, tests, experience of doctors, nurses, but also carers and families. And the whole range from birth to death, cure and recovery, the whole patient journey, and the whole journey of a family, and, and by extension society. And that might include discussing nature experience of a whole range of treatments, from herbal um, approaches to chemicals and devices used in medicine. And what we'd like to see coming together are perspectives on that from the amateur poet, who is using metaphor insight from poetry to help them come to terms with with illness in his or herself or, or in, in a close family member or friend, but also the international perspective on this from the point of view of the professional poet with an interest in, in medicine in the broader sense, 
from from extending from the effect of the fevered mind and brain on on creativity um, through to what may be deep and painful issues, but from which may may arise um, great insight. So let's talk a little now about the judging panel itself. Donald, can you first take me through who they are? We have three judges for our um, national and international competition. Mm. Firstly, uh, Dr. Danny Absey, who is himself both a poet and a chess physician. And he, he has a, a background of, of, of writings which have brought him many literary awards and, and distinctions, including election as a Fellow of the Royal Society of Literature. And he has, in fact, recently also published a, a, new, a new volume of, of new selected poems. Secondly, from the perspective of the health service, we have Professor Sir Bruce Keogh, who is a distinguished surgeon. He is NHS medical director, a cardiac surgeon, and in his own discipline has dealt with, with serious um, illness, both for patients but also dealing with families who have been involved in that. The third judge is James Nocty, who is an English graduate, a broadcaster, journalist and writer, who is host of Radio 4's monthly book club. He has himself uh, written historical books on recent times, is interested in a whole range of arts, and is himself uh, a trustee of the Man Booker Prize for Fiction, and therefore very experienced in international perspectives on, on writings. So it's a fascinating group of people. Michael, why did you choose them? We want a slightly different group of judges, I think, for this prize than the group one might pick for other prizes that don't specify particular subject matter. What you would look for for most competitions, for most poetry competitions, would be judges who have demonstrable expertise um, as poets or as critics of poetry, as readers of poetry, and whose tastes are sufficiently broad for them to respond across a wide range of poetry and not to be narrowly fixated. So for most competitions, that would be sufficient. Um, But here we felt that something more was required, for one thing because... We are specifying medical subject matter, admittedly in the very widest of senses, um, but nonetheless medical subject matter. And for another thing, because we are very specifically hoping for submissions from writers who don't normally expect to be writing, who are normally in their day jobs working in medical professions of one kind or another. And for them, it is going to be, as it were, a report from life, rather than something that they are used to doing. And we thought that it was proper that at least one of the judges should therefore be a medical person who could speak from that background and read from that background and come to an opinion. Um, We think we have a balance here. I I hope it's a healthy balance, because um, Sir Bruce clearly represents very strongly um, the health professionals. Our poet, Danny Absey, actually marries both communities. He's a poet, and he had, until his retirement, a distinguished history in practice um, as a chess physician. He ran a clinic. And we also, as as Donald has said, we have in James Nochte, um, a man whose commitment to literature is is palpable, but he's also a very robust advocate um, of 
the community at large, and we hear him many mornings of the week, don't we, on the Today programme, and, and we know what a, a sharp mind he has and how good his discriminations are across a very broad range of issues. And we think they make, they make a very good panel for marrying up two interests which appear at first glance not to be obvious partners, but we think we can bring them together and that these are the judges to do it. So the next steps following the competition, what are you planning to do with the entries, with the winning entries? We are fortunate in having support for the competition from a very strong research-led university, University of Warwick, as well as a national organisation, the Fellowship of Postgraduate Medicine, bringing its strengths from a wide range of medical disciplines. And in discussion, when we put together the, the framework for the competition, we have decided to associate it with uh, an expert um, international symposium bringing together the broad range of strands which link poetry to medicine. These include response to poetry, amateur poetry uh, by patients and others, poetry as an expression of the fevered brain, as well as poetry as a means of exploring issues for the professional poets. So in terms of disseminating what we're doing, we we plan to have an event where we announce the entries to coincide with this academic symposium. And as an output, what we will do is publish a book in which the successful poets in both categories will, will feature, along with the academic output of the symposium. In addition, what we aim to do is to publish on, on the Poetry Prize website the best 300 poems in both categories. Michael, is this mm. going to be a one-off competition, or is it something mm. that you would like to repeat annually? Oh, we'd certainly like to repeat it. I think we're pretty confident that this is going to be a competition that will attract a lot of interest. We're expecting poets who normally enter competitions, uh, but also the public and the uh, health professionals, to take a lively interest in this competition. And and assuming it's a success in in the first round, I can see no reason at all uh, why it wouldn't go on. The landscape of competitions is certainly uh, one that can be enriched by one like this. Um, I I, I can see a a good space there because it it marries up uh, interests that that everybody has. Everybody's interested in health, let's face it. 